Today, we are talking housing with Amy LaFountain. She is the new executive director of Joseph's House and Shelter. Amy has been working at Joseph's House for almost 18 years now, and prior to being executive director, served as the director of supported housing. Amy, welcome to the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, and congratulations on almost serving a year as the new executive director of Joseph's House and Shelter. Thank you so much, EP. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about the services we provide, our shelter, housing, and all the services in between. Great. Well, thanks for taking this time. You know, we've interviewed your predecessor, Kevin O'Connor, who is the former executive director for, you know, a couple decades plus. So we're really excited to connect with you and hear about, you know, what are some of your visions, just starting with what does Joseph's house and shelter do? Our mission is something that we talk about all the time. It is what keeps us grounded on a daily basis. And we provide non-judgmental services to end homelessness. It's everything around that that we do because non-judgmental services to end homelessness means basic needs like food and it means shelter. It means housing. It means a conversation. It means anything that the person that we're working with wants and needs. And Amy, on average, how many folks does Joseph House and Shelter serve in a year? Does it vary between seasons? It varies, but most recently upwards to 2,900 people per year. And, and this is encompassing our programs within Troy and our newer programs within Albany that we just went into in around 2018. What are your summer like regular challenges? What are some sort of new challenges that Joseph's House and Shelter is tackling now? The systems around all of uh, mental health services, um, substance use services, the criminal justice system, they have all changed drastically. The landscape of COVID really changed how the delivery of services is done, the accessibility, as well as who wants to work in this field? And, and it definitely has shifted. And so we are navigating folks who have more acute mental illness and substance use and finding it more challenging to get folks to the services that, that they want and need. Could you sure. just go into that a little bit more? Like, what is your collaboration like with places that provide some of those services? Sure. Um, we have good partnerships and collaborations with, you know, Rensselaer County Department of Mental Health, Albany County Department of Mental Health, Samaritan Hospital, and believe it or not, the Troy Police Department, the training that they go through for mental health. They are huge advocates for our people. But like S Samaritan Hospital, their outpatient clinic, I think, has decreased probably, I think, more than half. But one of the inpatient units is closed. It makes it much more difficult. And they have to triage who they're admitting. Not everybody's able to access those services. We've been hearing a lot about like and covering a lot about how Burdett Birth Center has a plan for closure up at Samaritan, but we haven't heard a lot about some of the other closures or decrease of services. And so now with what you say, are there other places to sort of filter people to or with those services being cut or closed off? Is there no longer as much help in those areas? There isn't, there's, there's, there's not enough anywhere. And Samaritan Hospital closing any service within that hospital is, is significant. 
it's the main hospital, one, the one, <laughs> like main hospital in Rensselaer County, services need to be accessible to people. And that means being accessible. Grocery stores need to be where people are. And so, and hospitals need to be where people are and the services need to be where people are. And then if they're not, how, how do they get there? Any service closing within a local hospital is hugely impactful to the people that we serve. Thank you for going into that a little bit, Amy. You know, we're in winter. We just had this very cold spell, but does that increase the number of people that come and want to use Joseph's House and Shelter? Well, I'll, I'll begin by saying that our specifically our emergency shelter um, in Troy, they do incredible work. They provide meals, obviously emergency shelter and community for those in need, especially when it's incredibly cold out. Numbers do increase. We'd want to be able to provide more shelter, but then it's always the circle around to what we really need is more affordable housing, more affordable and safe housing for people to access. How do we build more of that? That's a whole separate radio conversation. <laughs> it totally is. And a topic that a lot of people are discussing right now in Troy, especially related to the recent news, which I wanted to touch on a little bit, the efforts to remove an encampment near Prospect Park. The paper said it was, you know, a collaboration between city police, the city, Joseph's house. And I'm wondering what you can tell us. So the place of non-judgment does not only apply to our residents and clients. If there's an opportunity to mitigate harm, provide services or end homelessness for a person or family, Joseph's house and shelter has a responsibility to act. It was important for us to be there. I've also said we may not agree 100% with the process, but it is important to be a part of the process nonetheless so that we can ensure that we are wherever we are providing those non-judgmental services. And in this particular case, the land is owned by RPI and action was taken by the city of Troy. We weren't necessarily involved in the exact when and how but we were given the opportunity to speak to whomever was in the encampment and let them know what was happening and to offer shelter. And the mayor's office was great. They were going through with the action that they had decided upon, but really let Joseph's House and Shelter set the tone of the process and making sure that to the best of our ability, it was done in a compassionate way. Not always agreeing with the process, but needing to be a part of it. When you say don't agree, like, do you want to elaborate on that at all? I don't think it's necessarily the place of Joseph's House and Shelter to comment on whether this was right or wrong. And I guess I'm using the, while we may not always be in agreement 100% as a, as a large umbrella, but it is our mission and responsibility to provide, service, provide services and make ourselves available to those in need, which is what we did when we were there. And that is often the case when we are called to situations right? The situation as a whole may not always be something that like, yeah, we agree with this 100%, but we always participate to make sure that we are providing services to some of the communities most vulnerable. It sounded like there weren't that many people actually present that lived there when this encampment was broken up. I'm wondering, has Joseph House been in touch with the folks there? And how are they doing now? This 
question in particular has been one of the most challenging to navigate because we take client confidentiality very seriously. I don't necessarily want to comment on specific outcomes, but we have an incredible outreach team. Our outreach team does amazing work and they find people and they build relationships with them and they engage with the individuals and let those individuals really decide what route they want to go with the services that we have to offer. And we make sure that those individuals that we are working with either on the streets or in the shelter know what's available to them. And we always try to, as we meet people, follow up with them and see how we can, you know, work with them along the way and check in with them if they do get to a point of more stability. Um, You were quoted as saying that, you know, after that day that, you were hoping that you would look at lessons learned. And I'm curious, like, what is that? So lessons learned from that experience. And lessons learned can also be, right, what what was a good thing is that different entities like the mayor's office, the Troy Police Department and Joseph's House can work collaboratively in situations that are challenging. One of the biggest lessons learned is the timing of everything. In retrospect, you can always look back. And I don't know how to elaborate on that more. A longer notification period, a more lengthy process, maybe asking one more time if it could be later, (laughs) I guess. But I do hope that um, the mayor's office has said that they they are going to sit down and um, schedule a meeting with us to go more in detail of the lessons learned in this process. Is there anything I didn't ask you about the specific incident that you want our audience to know? What has been an interesting part of this experience is people hearing about the encampment and people being curious about what we do and the homeless population in general. So I hope that with people's sort of increased curiosity, that twinge where you're like, I want to do something, follow through on that. Visit josephshousetroy.org, see about volunteering, see about donating, see about how you can do something that is meaningful to you to continue our mission of providing non-judgmental services to end homelessness.